What's up all, Aaron, but not that Aaron here to tell you about Sifpop Writer's Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for Sifpop.com providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. Sifpop Writer's Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out Sifpop Writer's Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first. Welcome, everybody, to episode 94 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host. He's got glowing footprints, he's into mind control, and he loves walking up the side of buildings. It's Grant Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? Phil, you make me sound like a monster. What? I, you are making me say whatever you want right now? You are making me talk for you? Hey, I'm pretty powerful. I'm the greatest co-host ever. <laughs> You're the greatest co-host ever. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about some some vampires in this episode. It's a, an extra special spooky episode of oh yeah Disney Plus Reviews. Uh, all month, it's going to get very spooky in here. Uh, we're very excited. Uh, we're going to get some what if as well. but uh, And then we got a, um, a date with a vampire later on. So we'll get into that. Um, if you're just joining us for this podcast, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. Uh, we've got Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire and What If, like I said. But before we get into that, we do news. But before we get into that, I'm, this is a special correction for this week. So uh, Rick Ives has been one of our favorite guests on the show in the past. And uh, he listened to our fo- last episode that we just uh, released a few days ago. I actually forgot to post it, <laughs> which is why it was so late in the week. But he listened to it and he says... He says this, I'm reading his note. He says, you guys specifically called out that you've never seen Benny in anything else, but he was a Mighty Duck. Do you know what character he is in Mighty Ducks? No. I had to look it up and he's right. I, I was actually, I was like really surprised that he had been in something else that I had actually seen before. Um, so let's see. Let me, okay. His his name is Mike Vitar. Is, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Vitter or Vitar, probably Vitar. He is in... D2, The Mighty Ducks, and D3, The Mighty Ducks, as Luis Mendoza. Can you believe that? I don't think he looks I don't think he looks like his Sandlot counterpart no, at he all. He doesn't whatsoever. Yeah, he's Luis. He's huh. in both of those movies. So I went back and watched like YouTube clips of D2 and D3. Yeah. There's that scene where he's like walking through the high school. Isn't D3? Mm-hmm. He's walking through the the boarding school or whatever it is. Yep. And he's like checking out some girls and he's just like, Ooh la la, whatever. Yep. Um, he's like the smooth, you know, kid with the, with the ladies. Um, so yeah, he's in, he's in both of those movies. So huh. I totally, I did not make that connection at all. And sure enough, it's him. Yeah, I did. I totally forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah. I've never made that connection before. So yeah, Sandlot was 93. D2 was 94. He played Luis. Uh, D3 was 96. He played Luis again. 
And then he was in one episode of Chicago Hope in 97, and he's not been seen or heard from since. (laughs) So Crazy. Oh, this is cool. I got to shout this guy out. Since I'm reading his Wikipedia page, since 2002, he has been a firefighter for the Los Angeles Fire Department. Huh. How about that? So thank you, uh, Mike, for keeping our streets safe. He's, uh, He's a little over a year older than me. No, a little under a year. Older than me. We're basically the same age. So you could have been in my decks. Is that what you're trying yeah. to tell us, Phil? <laughs> and the Sandlot? Yeah, look for me in the background of of the uh, the school assembly or something. So, yeah. How about that? Huh. He, I mean, he basically retired it, like after D3, and he did that, like I said, one episode of Chicago Hope. He, he was like, I'm done. I, I'm not I'm yeah. never acting again after that. So, interesting. Very interesting, for sure. So thanks for that correction, Rick. I thought that was that was funny. <laughs> It's it's yeah. nice to to know that we're completely wrong sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Let's get into the news. Um, there wasn't a lot in the news. We had like four news stories last time, and I think I feel like we just have one <laughs> that we want to talk about today. Real slow slow news week, but you want to tee this one up? Right? Yeah. So um, for a while now, we have been waiting for more Star Wars stuff. Um, I should say live action Star Wars stuff. And we knew we were getting Book of Boba Fett and we we're going to get Mandalorian season three and Obi-Wan Kenobi series and some other ones. But we really, I mean, we assumed that Book of Boba Fett would be first, but it was never for sure that it was going to be first. But last week, uh, Disney Plus announced that. Book of Boba Fett will be coming out December 29th. And this is an eight-episode mini-series, they're calling it. Okay, so that puts it into end of February, basically. Yep. And I'm assuming... I mean, Mandalorian Season 3 has to be hot on its heels Yeah. after that, I would uh, think. Yeah, uh, you would assume so. And it'll be crazy for sure because um, you would think that Marvel will still have stuff coming out at that point. So yeah, the Disney will basically be competing against itself. Yeah. They, boy, they, they really haven't had a chance to do that yet. Cause yeah. the Mandalorian season two preceded WandaVision. Uh-huh. Was there, there might've been a couple weeks of overlap. WandaVision was in, well, no, maybe it was February. Was it January? I feel maybe, like it came out. Maybe there was like one. I, I don't think there... There there might not have been any overlap. Let me look. I don't remember. Uh, Rick Ives Ives will correct us. Um, Because, I mean, Mandalorian started in November, I want to say, season two. And it was probably wrapped by... Yeah, it had to have been wrapped by the time WandaVision came out. At any rate, we know we're getting Miss Marvel the same month as... Yeah, so Mandalorian ended December 18th, so... Okay, yeah. It was done like two weeks or three weeks before. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that that makes sense. So, yeah, we've not had a chance that... uh, For for live action, at least, we've not had an overlap of Star Wars and Marvel before, but Mm -hmm. it looks like we're almost certainly getting that because Boba Fett's going to go into the end of February and who knows what exact date, but Miss Marvel is coming out the same month. So yeah. there'll be some overlap with Miss Marvel and Boba Fett. And then Miss Marvel may overlap again with Mandalorian if it's hot on the heels. So um, what do you feel? What are you feeling about the December 29th uh, start date for that? 
Mm, I mean, I I kind of felt like we might get closer to like Mandalorian release, like closer to like end of November, beginning of December. So it was kind of a surprise for me, but I feel like a lot of this stuff is Disney doesn't want to hurt itself. So they kind of, their release dates are always scattered because they don't want to be hurting Eternals. They don't want Spider-Man to be hurting. Mm. And so I feel like their release dates are very precise. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, especially over the holidays. Like, I think they want to give people lots of stuff to watch. But again, like you said, not cannibalize Spider-Man or whatever. I think Spider-Man comes out like a week or two before, maybe a week and a half before. The 18th of December. Okay, so that's, yeah, that's a full week and a half before Boba Fett. So I feel like you've gotten most people in the doors, yeah. the theater doors before that. But it's almost two two full weeks after mm-hmm. after Spider-Man comes out. So. Yeah, they're almost certainly going to kind of slalom in between those those start times, but yeah, I mean it's it's getting to the point where there's so much content coming out on Disney Plus and in the movie theaters that it, there's there there it's going to be harder and harder for them to find a week to to launch something new. Yeah, for sure. Cuz there's almost something new coming out almost every week. It's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a couple two or three weeks in between uh big releases, but um, so like it, this isn't like an official news story or whatever for today to discuss but like I saw the um, uh, what was that show that came out over the summer that was like um, teen oriented um, boy we talked about it every week and I can't call the name of it it's based on a book series um, oh, Mysterious Benedict Society yes thank you uh, it's already been greenlit for season two yep so um, there's just more and more like more and more just original content that's coming that is going to get you know, we already know there's going to be more what if next year, like more high school musical. Of course <laughs> you can't, can't do do without a, there's almost certainly going to be four seasons of that show. Hopefully so, not. Cause they, each season is, this, is a semester and they started as juniors. Um, I mean, other than EJ, like I think almost all of them are, are juniors. So, um, yeah, I think that, I think they do two more seasons. How unfortunate <laughs> of HSM. So, so yeah, I, I think that the December 29th date sounds really good to me. It's, um, you know, a lot of teachers and even other kinds of employees have, you know, some off time during that time. So like, I'm not, I'm not even working that week. Like that'll be really nice to jump into some new content and geek, o- yeah. geek out over Boba Fett. I'm glad it's a series that we'll see a lot of him. It's not like a, you know, two or three episode little, you know, movie basically it's, you know, we're getting a lot of, you know, maybe four or five hours of content about Boba Fett. So, um, yeah, that's going to be great. I, I think tomorrow, tomorrow Morrison is like, he's not been ever been given a lot to do. Like he's, you know, the Mandalorian is some of the biggest like talking scenes we've even seen with him. If you like exclude all the animated shows, of course. Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, it's, it's going to be really fun just to like center in on him on like just him for like four or five hours. That's it'll be the most content we've ever had. Like any star Wars fan has ever had on that character. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very pumped. Him and Fennec are the only two build cast right now. Confirmed. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if we see a cameo like from, um, Jen, uh, can't remember his last name, but J- the Mandalorian, um, Din Jargon. Din Jargon. Um, uh, it'd be cool. Like I, I just, as like a passing character or whatever. Um, Maybe we'll get Grogu. 
<laughs> oh, that'd, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. I that would almost certainly like be a tie-in to like you see that in the final episode going into season three of yeah. Mandalorian or something. Um, yeah, I don't know what what else they do. I, I surely will find out more as it gets closer. But I don't want this one to leak. Like I, they're they've actually been a lot better with, about leaks in the last couple of years. Uh, not that they were ever terrible at it, but. Um, I, yeah, I don't. I don't want to know anything about the show. Like going into it, just you know, maybe another trailer, but that's about it. All right. Well, we are going to get into two uh, content discussions for today. What if and Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, the classic, classic Disney. Oh channel, yeah, straight to Disney Channel. Classic uh, Halloween movie. We're doing scary movies during the month of October, and we've got a uh, a doozy for you coming up next week as well. So. Um, stay tuned for uh, the scariest month with your favorite podcast. Uh, what if episode eight? Let's jump into that one first. Okay. Um, I, I have a just a, like trivia comment first, and then we can get into it. I think this is the shortest episode. I like I looked at the. I, I didn't like look at every single number on every single episode, but when the, I fired this one up, and it said like the t- the f- the total running time on it was like. It's like 28 minutes or something like that. Hmm. Or maybe that, that was the number without credits. I can't remember. Okay. But um, it's a short one. Uh, that said, I think it's one of the more packed episodes oh, yeah, as far as for like, sure. like, you know, enticing things to discuss. So um, that's all I wanted to say up front. You, you jump in first. What what are some of the biggest t- takeaways? I think this is a, a very mo- momentous episode. Like it's very, I think it, it'll be one that has ripple effect into other stuff yeah. to come. Yeah. Um. Well, I would definitely say this is probably one of the better episodes because pretty much, except for maybe a couple minutes, everything is pretty much new. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I feel like we're getting into new territory, which that's very exciting. And the only... I mean, one of the disappointing parts, obviously from this episode is that we didn't get here James Spader as Ultron. Yeah, dude, I, I'm so glad you said that up front. That was a real bummer for me. Yeah. Like, it really was. I don't know. You and I are such big James Spader fans, uh-huh. and I, I've even seen maybe more James Spader than you have. I One of my favorite shows of all time um, is Boston Legal. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's so good in that show, and I've, I've seen that. I've seen every episode of Boston Legal at least twice, and some of them three times. Like, I, I, I love, love, love that show, um, and he, it's mainly because of him. William Shatner is amazing in that, in that show, too, but... Um, but yeah, when I it's, I knew from the second, I mean, it was two seconds of his voice, and I knew it wasn't James. I yeah, I, that was a real bummer for me because he is as as far as the MCU, he is Ultron. Yeah, and boy, it was a real. I think it was a real miss to not have him. Mm-hmm. So sorry to interject there, but that really bummed me out big time. Yeah, so that was kind of a disappointment. But um, I think one of the key takeaways I'm getting is. They're really trying to pack the action in, which, um, and it's definitely a lot of like fan lore type uh, action fights. Like last week, we got Thor versus Captain Marvel. Yeah. And um, then this week, we get The Watcher versus Ultron. And that was a pretty interesting fight for sure, because you really had. At this moment, you have the Watcher, which you really don't know, like what kind of powers he has. But for the most part of it, he pretty much holds his own. Yeah, really. Like I was surprised, and 
honestly, we, I didn't know that he had any powers at all. Yeah. Like that's not really, his name is literally the watcher. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. do anything but that. Yeah. And so, and literally you're talking about, he's going against Ultron who has every infinity stone, <laughs> which before lo- the Loki show, everything leading up to the MCU is these infinity infinity stones are the strongest uh item in the mcu universe and ultron literally has every single one of them and the watcher up until like the last moment literally is holding his own yeah it's it's a great fight the animation in that in that combat Mm -hmm. multiple scenes really because it goes on forever They're, they're like hitting each other through universes like it's it was really cool to just visually see it happen um but it it kind of reminded me of loki a little bit like in the fact that they could like just jump from like you know um point in time to point in time mm-hmm. like just randomly whatever with a device but like i mean they're just smacking the crap out of each other and like really hurting each other big time but they bounce back so so quickly and there was never a moment where i felt like either one of them was for sure going to get the upper hand yeah it was really really fun to watch and I mean, I guess Hawkeye and Black Widow kind of are a key component of it, but I don't really feel like this episode really centers around around those two characters. I agree. I really feel like it goes between the Watcher and uh, Ultron. Yeah, I agree. I, I really think they exist really just to move the plot forward a little bit. Yep. Um, you have to have someone that I guess you don't have to do it this way, but the story they wanted to tell was there's someone on earth that's left behind that's still alive and is willing to keep fighting because the rest of the world is just given up Yeah, and how they have to like find a way to actually like be able to combat this thing mm-hmm. that's unstoppable. And um, so yeah, you mentioned earlier, it's all new content. The only thing that, that we had kind of seen before was the whole, um, uh, what's his name? Zola mm-hmm. character. So we'd seen him in civil war where like they find, they find him in much the same way where like they find this like KGB base or whatever. Yep. And, and he's, you know, you know, was this tool of, of the, um, of, uh, Hydra and stuff like that mm-hmm. back in the day he downloaded or uploaded his consciousness into this computer and they can interface with him now, you know, all these years later after he died or whatever. And so they kind of do the same thing in this one, but it's, you know, ends up completely different and its purposes are completely different than anything we saw before in civil war. Yeah. So, but it was cool to see that character come back. Like that Zola is like a character I never would have thought we'd ever see again, <laughs> uh, let alone in an animated series called what if. So yeah, that was, that was actually like a deep, kind of a deep cut. If you've not seen civil war, you have no idea who this person is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, that was kind of cool when they did that part. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree. They're, they're very minimal in this. Um, at one point I thought he killed like Ultron, like legit killed the watcher. Cause like, he, he lands some kind of a punch and the watcher goes down. I was like, dude, is he dead? Like, is this like the end of the watcher? But then like, I know there's like season two coming next year, but it doesn't have to be the watcher. Like it could be Ultron. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's the new watcher or whatever. So, um, I, here's what I think about Ultron in this episode. Cause I, I was very bummed out about the James Spader thing, but from beginning to end, he is totally formidable. And that's, that's what I love about Ultron. I think 
I honestly, like when people think, okay, who's the ultimate villain in MCU? Most people are going to say Thanos for obvious reasons. And I would probably say that as well. But I think Thanos has honestly been severely underrated. Yeah. Um, uh, did I say Thanos or Ultron? Ultron has been underrated. And going back and watching Civil War with you earlier this year and discussing mm-hmm. it really cemented that movie as like, this is one of the biggest fights they've ever had. Um, so uh, Age of Ultron, I'm sorry. Age no, of Ultron, yeah. yeah. We watched both movies this year. Uh, but Age of Ultron, like the formation of the vision and how they have to like use the vision to even go toe to toe with Ultron mm-hmm. and how everything ends up at the, at the end with, you know, this him like extracting like earth from the ground and like f- creating like a floating city in the sky and they have to find him up there. Ultron is like the ultimate combination of strength and might and army. He's a general of an army of yeah. r- robots. Like the, his physical, his physical combativeness is huge, but mentally he's like literally the the most wise and, and mentally powerful being they've ever co- combated. Like Thanos is no, like Thanos is a great tactician and whatever, it, but he doesn't hold a candle to Ultron. Like Ultron is way, way not more knowledgeable and way smarter than Thanos will ever be. Yeah. So to choose Ultron as these, as this like ultimate threat to the multiverse, I think was a great choice. Like, mm-hmm. and it's something I, I hope they make a big deal out of going into Dr. Strange and everything else that we're about to see. So. Yeah. Um, I definitely think you landed a great point there with, uh, talking about, and like you already said, without vision, the Avengers would have been in major trouble. And that's what we see in this one, right? Like, I, yeah. I forget what the title of the episode is, but it's like, what if Ultron won or something? Um, mm-hmm. I didn't write it down, but it, th- that's basically what we see is like, okay, because of the one thing that the Watcher says, you know, in your in your universe, they created the Vision, and the Vision helped them win the, win the war against Ultron, and, you know, there was no Age of Ultron. Um, in this one, there is an Age of Ultron because the Vision never gets... Created like he ends up like yeah. succeeding in melding his or merging his body with the vision and becomes like this ultimate. Um, and then like that that alone would be enough. That that alone would would still allow. I think, in my opinion, allow him just to take over Earth. But then he starts conquering other planets. Like you see him going from planet to planet, and it's because Thanos shows up with like how many Infinity Stones are there? Oh, five. One for each finger, right? Or is there one? Six. There's one in the middle. Yep. Yeah. So he has five of the stones and Ultron just like zaps him like vertically right up the body Mm -hmm. and he splits in half and he just takes all the infinity stones and becomes, (laughs) you know, Thanos. So now you're dealing with all the power that Thanos has plus all of the mental acuity and power that Ultron would normally have and the vision body and this like perfect, I mean, he's like, he's he's completely unstoppable. Yeah. So he takes over everything in his universe, but then... He gets, he, there's this moment of quiet where he's like, there's no one left to conquer. I've conquered everyone in the universe. So now what do I do? And he hears the Watcher and says, okay, there are other universes out there that I can also conquer. So. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Um, that moment where he basically senses the Watcher. Yeah. And that's only happened one other time. We talked, we made a big deal out of that when they, they taught, they taught us that it was possible a few episodes ago. And I think that was a very good, um, 
you know, telegraph of, of what we were about to see in this eighth episode. But yeah, Dr. Strange was able to hear him just for a moment in that and, one episode. And it's kind of ironic when you get to the end of the episode where we're headed now. I want to hear your, your impression on that because I, I don't know exactly what they were doing there and I didn't look up anything that I don't know if you did any research. Was that, was that bad? Was that evil? Dr. Strange or regular Dr. Strange? Evil. Okay. It's the evil, we're to believe it's the evil Doctor Strange from that episode. Yes. Okay, so now we have an, a, a direct tie between two of the episodes. Mm-hmm. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that it was from the cape that it was definitely the evil Doctor Strange. Okay. So now it seems like the Watcher is going to finally join forces with somebody. Um, because from this, at first, all we've known is the watcher is just watching and he doesn't intervene, but now it feels like the end of that episode definitely is saying that, uh, now he, now that this has happened, we need to do something about it. Right. Like the, the, I think the very last line in the, in the episode is, him saying, "I okay, fine. I'll admit it. I'll say it. I need, I need your help." Yeah. So like he's he's in over his head. <laughs> like yeah, because it, like you said so eloquently, like he cannot beat him in hand to hand combat. Like yeah, you know all their abilities and superpowers and stuff like that. Like he can't he can't actually combat this guy. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? Okay, so. What are we about to see with the, in the finale? Because the, the, as we're recording this, the finale is coming out in a couple days. D- do we just pick right off? I, like this has been an anthology series. Every episode is completely different and mm-hmm. in a different universe from all the other episodes. Do we see a, an eight nine combo? Like, are we about to see? I have no idea. Oh, like, here's. I mean, I would assume it's going to piggyback off, but I have no idea what they're really what's really going to happen. Yeah. I got to the end of episode eight. <laughs> Grant, I got to confess to you. I, cause I should have known better, but I was like, did I just watch the finale? Like, was that, <laughs> was that the final episode of this of season one? Like it felt like a finale episode yeah. to me. And so and I was like, no, that was episode eight. And there are nine episodes. I know that from being on the show with, with Grant. So there's one more episode left. The finale is still yet to come. And yet there was a cl- huge cliffhanger. So I'm like, this has got to be a two part. I, I can't imagine them just yeah in episode nine, just going like, Oh, you know, what if, you know, the Hulk did something and now this funny thing happened after as it's like, no, like you gave us all, <laughs> all this meat yeah. in episode eight, you have to pay it off. So, yeah. Um, I mean, but it kind of fit or follows the path that we've been getting with these Marvel shows where the episode before the finale is really the kicker. Good point. Yeah, good point. And so I I realized that what if is can't be like any further from any of the other three shows that we've already gotten, but maybe that's going to be similar. Yeah, that's a great point. I never even thought about that, but yeah, you're right. Every... Every episode, you look at like the eighth episode of One Division of Nine, or was it seven of eight? No, I think it's eight of nine. Uh, eight, eight is the one where we learn about, 
you know, Agatha and like, mm-hmm. like all the, all, we knew that nine was going to be big because they, they introduced us to this massive plot yeah. in eight. And I feel like that, I feel like they have to do that with this one. I know it's an anthology. Every episode is supposed to be separate, but they already tied in the Dr. Strange episode with this episode. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine them not moving further into this in episode nine. Like, the the jig is up on the watcher. Like he yeah. he's been found out. Um, there is now a being in a universe that knows about all the other universes, and they have to deal with that. Like, I mean, if this was the if okay, if episode eight was the finale, I I think it goes direct. It just ties directly into Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, or um, mm-hmm. or at least Spider Man. But yeah, probably just. Doctor Strange and the, and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh yeah, for sure. Do you think? Gosh, there's so many. I have so many ideas now, but like, I don't want to like get too hyped up. But like, is Evil Doctor Strange going to be in the Doctor Strange movie? Like, are they going to have, have like no idea, like a double cast of him? But, um, I mean that would be crazy, but <laughs> I have no idea because this is all canon. Like that. Like Feige from the very beginning has said, what if is canon? Like this is all MCU stuff. Like yeah. we're not just having fun with an animated sh- uh, cartoon. It's uh-huh. Like this is a, this is real. Like this is really happening. It just happens to be animated, but we're going to give this the same love as we would any live action show. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I was kind of honestly like, getting bored of the show but this last episode has made it i wouldn't say made it better well it definitely has made it better but i'm definitely more intrigued after watching this episode yeah boy this this show and the loki show have been such a great companion to the, mm-hmm. the two of them together like ultron gets to the the watcher realm whatever that thing is called it, where he can see, it, he's, he literally says, um, from here I can see everything. No one can stop me now. And it's like, <laughs> when, when Ultron, or when, sorry, I'm getting the names mixed up. When Thanos came in, in the Infinity Saga, and he's he's got all six stones, I was like, literally, he can see everything from here. No one can stop him now. And now we're getting the same thing with Ultron. He's got all, not just the stones, but is in a, a realm where he can literally just jump into whatever universe he wants and just wreak havoc. Um, it, it's, it's paying off all the fears from Loki. Like yeah. we got to Loki episode six and we're like this, you know, um, I forget what they call him. You know, the, the one at the ends or whatever his name was, um, is like, you know, kind of presides all o- over all of these separate universes and is trying to keep them all in check to, to make sure that they don't blow up or, you know, that's, that a, a villain doesn't, creep into like all these other mm-hmm. you know universes and take over and now that we're in what if that's exactly that is exactly happening so like is this a direct result of loki probably like i don't know i i'm fascinated by all of this yeah you would have to think that i mean there is some sort of correlation to what we've been seeing in previous marvel shows and what's to come in uh future marvel shows yeah boy they have really made this we're we're in now phase four yeah they've made this phase four the multiverse has become the centerpiece of phase four and i i like i guess we should have seen 
that that writing on the wall, like especially when we started looking at all the titles that they were doing. But boy, like I feel like that's all there is now. Like it's it's Spider Man's about multiverse. Doctor Strange's about multiverse. Like what if it's about multiverse? Loki season two is going to be about multiverse. Like I think the next year, that's all we're going to be talking about. And I'm I'm excited about that because it's new and it's fresh. Um, but boy, have they like really doubled down on it. I I didn't see them going this hard into multiverse and threats from another universe coming into our universe to attack that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm on board, man. I, I was really, really impressed with this episode a lot. Yeah. And like I said, it was like 28 minutes of actual footage. Like it, there wasn't much there as far as minutes on screen, but there was a ton that they dropped. I, I, I could not believe it when Dr. Strange showed up at the end. I was just like, okay, I did, you got me. I did not see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I would just say that I feel like, and this is what makes Shang-Chi such a likable uh, Marvel movie, is because it's something new. Yeah. And up until this episode, a lot of the stuff we had seen in What If wasn't really new. So to get something that really re-changed history i feel like now people will be more intrigued yeah because they definitely want to see what's going to happen next yeah um i feel like has can you think of any movie property that has gone into multiverse especially across several movies I can think of some TV shows. Like I loved Fringe. Um, Fringe has like, it's mm-hmm. not like lots and lots of universes, but there's like one alternate universe that they kind of bounce back and forth. Um, certainly I'm, I'm sure some like, you know, uh, animated superhero shows have done that and stuff like that. I can't think of, I can think of like a lot of time travel type movies, which kind of touches on the idea of a multiverse, like, cause you can change yeah. the future and stuff like that, but they don't explicitly state it. I think Marvel's about to go jump into a concept that people have thought about for many, many years, but not on film, like not on at the theater. Like it's, it's, it's a brave new world of territory for them and they can do whatever they want because there's like almost nothing to compare it to other than, like I said, television shows, comic books, you know, other forms of media have done something similar, but, and I mean, but yeah, Marvel is a giant and no other movie franchise has really ever touched this. And but if we know one thing about Marvel from uh, gosh, like the last 6 or 7 years, everything that they've done has just been gold. Oh yeah. So I mean, is it kind of a stretch of the imagination to think that there's many different multiverses that Marvel's about to uncap? Just buckle up, Phil. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no end to what they can do now. It it does make me a little worried because you know how excited I am for Miss Marvel. Um, uh, recently. I got one of my Miss Marvel comic books like sealed and graded and stuff like that. And it's worth like $500 now. Um, I love that character so much. I've always loved her, read all of her books. 
Um, and I cannot wait for her show to come out in February. But now it's got me a little worried because I, I almost feel like any property that's not diving into the subject matter that everyone wants to talk about is just going to be fodder. Like it's just going to be extra yeah. noise in the in the MCU. Um, and I, I really don't want Kamala Khan to have that introduction. Like, oh, this show's down about the multiverse. Well, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? So I hope it doesn't go that way. I mean, Shang-Chi had the benefit, I think, of, of coming out in the midst of the ramp up. Like, we're get, we're just getting onto the on-ramp <laughs> to get onto the freeway right now. Yeah. And so Shang-Chi, like, came in, like, during the on-ramp, which I think was a good timing for that. But it makes me worried for the movies and the TV shows that are coming out next year that are going to have absolutely nothing to do with it. So I we don't know much about Hawkeye. It's coming out this Christmas season. Talk about a... a, a Overlap, by the way, Hawkeye and Boba Fett will be airing at the same time, but um, or no, I think it. I guess it, it finishes right as Boba Fett comes in. Anyway, um, I, I wonder if that will have anything to do with the multiverse, and will that feel jarring of like why we, you know, like you set up multiverse, why are we not talking about multiverse with Kate Bishop and stuff like that? But maybe Kate's from an ultimate, you know, alternate universe. We don't know how that show's going to end. So um, I don't know. I I don't know that they have to tie everything into the multiverse, but then that makes me worried when they don't. Yeah. That people be disinterested. And I mean, I feel like we've talked about this on previous episodes. With the pandemic, I feel like some of the uh, shows and movies kind of got like mixed around. So yeah, we're finally getting these other ones that maybe would have been earlier just because they didn't deal with the multiverse and now we're getting them in this order. Yeah, that's a great, no, that's a great um, insight. I, I fear for Hawkeye and Miss Marvel because of that. I, both of those shows were supposed to come out earlier yeah. um, before some of the movies that we're going to get. So yeah, I, Miss Marvel will honestly, it, it could overlap with Dr. Strange, like depending on how long that show is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm a little worried about that, but um I think those shows are going to be great shows. I just, I hope that people stay engaged with the non multiverse stuff. Yeah. If, if those shows are what we think they are. So all I got to say is I'm super excited for the finale. Uh, bring it on. We'll yeah. be, be watching it here in a couple of days. Uh, of course, of course, of course, we're going to discuss that on, on the next episode of this podcast. So if you're just um, jumping in with the podcast now, hit subscribe, uh, come back next week. We'll obviously be, ripping into the finale in a pretty good way. I'm sure there'll be a lot to discuss on that episode. Full speed ahead to the yeah. multiverse train. Yeah, dude, I'm so excited. I can't I can't wait for Spider-Man and that's that's the next one. I think Eternals is going to be good. I I just don't that my, I don't think that movie's going to blow people away. Yeah. Um but I think Spider-Man is going to be like a literal mind explosion. So. Yep. So, I mean, yeah. Hop aboard. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting on the freeway. All right, well, speaking of hop aboard, let's hop aboard another train and let's go on a date with a vampire because we're re- reviewing Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. Um, full spoilers for this movie, like anyone cares. <laughs> uh, this movie came out in the late, I want to say the late to, late 90s. Let's Let, see, I have it pulled up. 2000. Uh, yep, 2000. October 13, 2000. So we're coming up on the 21st anniversary, if anybody cares. <laughs> no, nobody does. Uh, let me take you back to the, the year 2000, when uh, the world was a much more innocent place. We survived Y2K. Yeah, we survived. We're still alive. 
Uh, Laura Vandervoort was just just a little uh, teenage girl. Uh, Caroline Ray was coming right off the heels off, off of um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And uh, the Disney Channel is a place to watch original content where... And Robert Carradine <laughs> had never been met Lizzie McGuire before. <laughs> there you go. And... And then you got mom's got got a date with a vampire and yeah. um, boy, very small cast, but that's typical. I mean, this is a Disney channel original straight to TV, obviously movie made for television. It's uh, on Disney plus. It's still four by three. Like it's still like, it's not widescreen or anything. It looks exactly the way that it did in, in back in 2000. <clears throat> and you can tell it's not like this is fil- filmed on like television reel. Like it's mm-hmm. not, the the production value it's almost the entire thing is is shot on like just like two or three sets like it's you you can tell this is a movie that had a very small budget like i don't know what the budget was but it was like a single digit million like i don't know 3 million <laughs> like maybe maybe something less. like that um so anyway uh, i don't know if there's any numbers on this uh i watched this movie for the first time this week we're doing again scary movies for the month of october um grant how many times have Approximately, do you, would you guess you've seen this movie? You, you grew up with this one. Yeah, I've probably seen this movie ten times or so. Oh my, that's a lot. Yeah. So um, this definitely back in the day with Disney Channel, and I mean, I feel like they probably do the same thing now. They used to play the same movies over and over again when Halloween rolled around. Would they play them more than once in in the same month? Probably like two or three times. Yeah, yeah. Because um, in the early 2000s to mid-2000s, their big thing was in the whole month of October, they would just play their Halloween movies. So Hocus Pocus, this, Halloween Town. So every night they would play a different Halloween movie. And now, of course, they have many more Halloween movies. But when this movie came out, there were probably like only like maybe six or seven total ones. Mm-hmm. So back when this came out, you probably got it maybe four times. Like every weekend you probably would get this one. Sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, unless it's like an Olsen twins, you know, horrible Halloween movie or whatever. Like there wasn't a lot to, to show like i mean mm-hmm. i think disney has done the kid friendly halloween movie maybe more frequently than anyone else like yeah i mean i guess you can think of like um hotel Transylvania, like a animated halloween mm-hmm. uh, movies or um or uh, what's the the nightmare before christmas stuff like that there, there are certainly like animated features that are more kid friendly but also scary yeah um you know, when I was, a, I'm, I'm an old compared to Grant, but like when I grew up as like Casper, the friendly ghost and you know, there were th- certain things that kids could watch around Halloween. Yeah. And, but I feel like Disney d- has done that more than most studios have. They almost like, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but like they were probably re- releasing new, like a new movie yeah. every, every year mm-hmm. on the uh, Disney channel. I would say that for sure. And I mean, when like, uh, going back, I feel like um, in the early 2000s, 
you were usually getting like one or two new Halloween movies from Disney Channel. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, if you go through, a lot of them are on Disney Plus now, but there are some that aren't on Disney Plus. But there is probably a good, I don't know now, like 20 to 25 Disney Channel original movies that are Halloween related. Yeah. That they back then they were doing well. I mean, Hallmark Channel's been around for a long time too. But back then they were doing Hallmark Halloween. But like you know what what Hallmark is to Christmas is what Disney the Disney Channel's been doing for Halloween for yeah. years. Um, it, I mean, Hallmark was probably doing Christmas movie, movies back in two thousand two. But um, but yeah, it's it's a. Uh, like when, especially if you're looking for kid friendly, because mm-hmm. there's no end to you know rated R scary movies oh, and stuff yeah. like that. But I'm just saying, like if you want to show something that's appropriate for your kids to watch, the Disney Channel's been kind of like the main source for mm-hmm. that for a long, long time. So, um, whether or not they're good movies <laughs> that you yeah. want to watch is, I guess, up to the the beholder. But I had never even heard of this movie until you mentioned it to me about a year ago when when you first came on as co-host. But um, I, that was the first time I had heard about it. Um, yeah. and I, I don't know that anyone has ever even talked about this movie other than Grant Youngsma. So, uh, Grant, you start, cause I'm going to be both positive and negative okay. on, on the movie. Uh, tell, let's be positive first. Tell me what you love about this movie. Mm, I love, it's hard to put, uh, I love that quirky humor of this movie. Um, it's very like slapstick kind of funny where, um, it's kind of hard to put my finger on it, but it's almost like the kids are very innocent and that makes it enjoyable. Yeah. Where, um, and it kind of, it goes with the genre of the DCOM or Disney Channel original movies. This is kind of one of the forefronts where it really began to catch steam like in the late 1990s, early 2000s. This is kind of like the beginning of an era. So um, I don't know really what I like about this movie. It's just one of those movies that's always been there mm-hmm. and I'll always come back to. It's kind of, it's definitely like, it's not at the level of Hocus Pocus for me, but this has always been one that I see around Halloween. Yeah. Uh, when I finished the movie, I I knew they were going to recommend like, oh, if you wa- if you like this movie, you'll want to see all these other ones. I knew I knew what I was going to see at the end. But if it was going to be like out of the genre, I thought I might say I thought I might see a recommendation to watch Blank Check because yeah. it's 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 definitely in that same kind of like Blank Check probably came out before this movie, but um, it's definitely in the same era of, of Blank Check of uh, you know kid uh, kid has to be the hero to yeah. save the day, you know, and you know you know that there's going to be a big bad, but only the children can actually. F- you know, fo- foil him. And obviously they get a lot of help from Van Helsing at the end. Here's what we need to do f- next. We need to tell people what this movie's about. Okay. <laughs> because like, I, I enjoyed like getting into like, 
the discussion of it, but some people are like are listening to this and they're like, I have no idea what this movie is. Yeah. <laughs> they're just listening to us go around and around about the actors and stuff like that. And the, I, we need to kind of do like a very quick plot synopsis and then and then get back into it. But um, basically, do you want me to go or do you want to explain it? Go for it, Phil. Okay. Um, basically, there are three kids that are the sons and one daughter of a mom who is uh, down and out on her luck. She recent divorcee, divorcee. Um, she uh, is not lucky in the love department and they honestly, for their own selfish purposes, they set her up on a date and yeah, we can get in, two of the kids are grounded. Yeah. And we can get more into the, the details as we discuss it. But, um, you know, just for basic for right now, like they, they set her up on a date. She doesn't know that this is even happening. They, it's all covert. And they set her up with this guy who's like, I mean, from the service is like the dream, dream boat guy, right? Mm-hmm. British accent, good looking, you know, uh, very suave and debonair. And so she immediately just goes, okay, let's go on a date. And they go on a date. And of course, as the title would suggest, it, it's revealed that he is indeed a vampire. Yeah. And, the rest of the movie movie basically becomes the kids convincing each other that this is really what's happening. And then it all culminates at the end with them basically literally saving their mom's life. Like he's, he's going to like put her in a state of like of ownership for like the rest of her days mm-hmm. um, as he, you know, continues to live forever sucking her blood. <laughs> so um, it's, it's very kid friendly. There's no like, violence or really even blood. I don't think there's a drop of blood in the entire movie. No. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's about what you would expect from like a straight to television. Oh yeah, for Disney, sure. Disney channel movie. So, um, so I want to go back to what you were saying though, as far as like the kids, it's the, the main character, the main kid, Adam in this movie, I think is his acting is better than I thought. Like I, I really was, I wasn't like, this isn't like, he's not going to win like an Emmy <laughs> you know, yeah. Oscar. I mean, this is like a, a TV movie, so like an Emmy for for his role in this. But as far as child actors go, because he's he's playing a thirteen year old. I don't know how old how old he actually was when he filmed, probably about that age. And I was actually kind of impressed. And then Laura Vandervoort is the older sister. Um, she um, becomes Supergirl later in her career on CW. So like, if you've seen. Um, Oh, the one Smallville. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's like an offshoot to that or whatever. Uh, she plays Kara in those, in those shows. So like you've probably seen Laura Vandervoort in shows that took place like almost a decade later. Yeah. But, um, but the, here she is as like a 16, she's playing a 16 year old sister in this movie and she's really good. Like I, I was, I mean, obviously she becomes a bigger actor than the guy who plays Adam. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I, I don't know if I've, He's probably in also in D two and D three. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I've seen him in anything else. And um, but Laura, like Laura Vandervoort, actually becomes like a legit actress. Uh, and then the, the girl that plays the lady that plays the mom had already been a, a big actress. She'd been mm-hmm. in Sabrina in the late nineties. So um, as far as talent, like it's honestly, I'm Carradine, like there's there's some pretty good talent in this yeah. movie. I, I think for like what it is and how it was originally built and sold to audiences back then, I think they actually got they got pretty lucky. Like I think their their cast for the most part is pretty good. 
Um, I think there are a, in a lot of other ways it breaks down and is not. Mm. I think the writing's terrible in some. some oh plots. yeah, for sure. But um, I, I I wanted to start out positive by saying like the acting and and like they like said the antics of these kids like you know getting into trouble and and like you know <laughs> there's like the bully that like is like you know playing games with the tickets and stuff like that. Like I, I was like okay, like I this is kind of fun to watch. Um, so I agree with you on on that. Yeah. So I mean. I feel like there are definitely a lot more Disney Channel original movies that are worse than this one. Yeah, maybe we'll get to one of those <laughs> here yeah. later, later this month. But um, the movie's also very dated, and that's not the movie's fault. Yeah. I mean, it came out in 2000. But, like, the, boy, the computers, like those old CRT, like mm-hmm. tube television kind of computer screens, and, like, surfing the web on, like, Netscape or whatever, like yeah. whatever the browser that they're using, and it's like dial-up internet and stuff like that. It all just took me back to 2000, so I, I kind of enjoy this that kind of stuff too. But um, yeah, it's it's very uh, very old school compared to um, what you would see now. But um, I I'm, I'm I feel I already, I'm already feeling the urge to go into negatives. Do you do you have some positive things? Other positive things you want to say? Um, otherwise I can just rip into it. I feel like this could be a good thing. This movie's very short and yes. fast paced. Yes. Um, but I mean the plot, like we've already talked about, the plot is not very good. No, it's not, but you're right. The the length of the movie is, is actually the perfect length for this. Like yeah. I if it had been even 10 minutes long, longer, I think it really would have dragged in some spots. But yeah. I, I feel like the pacing is actually pretty good in this mm-hmm. movie. Like that's not something that's like a high praise remark, but like it, it moves things along at a pretty good clip throughout. Yeah. So, and I mean, some of the stuff where, I mean, I feel like you kind of hit on the head. It is very like blank check ish movie and that's probably why I enjoy this movie because some of the stuff that the kids do is just comical. Yeah. Like them doing like the spoon test. Okay, you gotta talk about that. And so uh basically Dimitri and uh the D- kid Dimitri is the date is the vampire and uh their mom, which I'm blanking on her name right now. Uh Lynette, I think. Lynette. So they're going on a date and they go to this restaurant and um, Taylor, the youngest brother, he's convinced that Dimitri's a vampire. So Adam, basically, he wants to go to this concert, the Headless Horseman. Yes, of course. And so basically the only way he can get uh, to go to the concert is for Taylor to drop this whole thing about Dimitri being a vampire. So they literally follow their mom uh, to her date and they come in and (laughs) Dimitri's like, oh, the spoon test. (laughs) And they're just like, well, if uh, Dimitri can't pass the spoon test, then he's definitely a vampire. And it's just one of those things where you're like, what? And so literally the spoon test is Dimitri balancing a spoon on his nose <laughs> it's it very 2000 I, I remember doing that a lot when, when yep. i was a kid 
Um, when they first started doing it, I was like, is it the silver? Like, yeah. <laughs> like there's a lot of tropey vampire stuff in here. And, and, and honestly, there's a couple powers that he has that I kind of mentioned at the top of the show that I didn't even know that vampires could do, but it, it turns out like, I was like, did they just make that up for the movie? And then I look it up and I'm like, no, it's, it's legit. Like there's been books written about like mind control and stuff. Like I, I didn't know vampires could do some of the things that you yeah. can do. But yeah, what, I was like, is it the silver? Like you can't put silver on his nose or something, but I, it's just, it's made up like him and him, Adam and Dimitri kind of look at each other for a second and like make something up on the spot. Yeah. So Which, it's really stupid. I mean, I feel like Adam is a genius at uh, making up stuff on the spot. Yeah. And so then... He also knows a lot about vampires, like for real. Like yeah. he, he's like a vampire expert. Yeah. From, and so his his little brother who knows nothing about vampires is very easily fooled by, yeah. you know, this person that obviously is the authority on vampires. Yeah. And then, so they're basically leaving. And then one of the things that is true about vampire mythology or whatever you want to call it um he looks in the mirror and there is no reflection of dimitri yeah so that kind of shows adam that dimitri in fact is a vampire and now they just need to get their sister on board yeah and um they get back home and uh, basically at that point, I, I, I tell you, I, I'm actually more positive on this movie than I thought, thought I, I was going to be. I had very low expectations going into seeing this movie. Yeah. Very low. Like I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be a stupid movie. And I came away about halfway through. I was like, am I enjoying this movie? I kind of am enjoying it. I feel like I shouldn't be, but I am. And then there were some like really dumb moments that happened, especially in the second half of the film where I was just like, okay, that was stupid, stupid, stupid. Yeah. And, um, so here's where I land on it overall that the lowest, the lowest moments in the movie are even lower than I expected, but the highest moments in the movie were way higher than I expected. I, there were moments where I was actually like, I kind of want to see what happens next. Like this is kind of entertaining, but yeah, um, I thought, I thought the movie is very believable. It's about vampires. So there is a, like a certain point where you have to kind of check your brain at the door, but like they get home and it's, it makes sense what they do next. Like, Basically, you know, Adam has convinced Taylor that there's no such thing, or maybe not that there's no such thing, but Dimitri is definitely not a vampire when he knows that he is. And they put Taylor, like, almost to bed. Like, they call a babysitter, and they're like, okay, Mm -hmm. get out out of, you're you're done with this. And then he has to convince his sister and, you know, convince her very quickly. But they kind of get Taylor out of harm's way. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty clever, and it it sets up a, a clever plot device for later because then Taylor like jumps in and like, like hires Van Helsing, which is ridiculous, but um, they end up going on like a separate mission to do, to, to pull off the same task. Yeah. So I, I think the, the positioning of characters around the plot actually works pretty well. Yeah. In the movie. So that's another positive. Um, much like Hocus Pocus, we get a live, bands like a music event um it's very much like hocus pocus where she ends up getting up on stage and singing um she is definitely not as good of a singer <laughs> she is okay but she's not like you know that you know i've got a spell on you is, is such a classic scene mm-hmm. in hocus pocus um she sings something uh, yeah I don't I mean, even... it's a song i'd never heard of before 
um, when they first, so they go, part of their date is they go to dinner. We talked about that. Then they go to this club that is like a, it's a dance, uh, rockabilly dance kind of club. Yeah. Um, which I guess was a thing back in 2000. And the, the band on, on stage is, you know, very 60s, 70s kind of rockabilly. And, but she, it turns out, and again, it's revealed kind of in natural form that she used to actually sing there back when she was younger. Yep. She, had, she hasn't done it in 20 years. And so they were like, hey, get up on stage, whatever. Um, and th- that was kind of cool. But again, she's not, she's not a very good singer. And um, the, the, the scenes of her up there singing, I think are very awkwardly shot. Like she doesn't, yeah. she doesn't look natural behind a mic. No. Um, and the, there's a lot of like other shenanigans going on because Adam is inside. First of all, okay, I'm going to get negative on this one. Adam, Adam is a 13 year old child who goes into an, a, you know, for adults club. Yeah. It's a, a dancing club. And why, my question is, why are people letting this kid just run around the place? Like, there, there's only one person that even calls him out and says, hey, you shouldn't be in here, kid. But everyone else, like, doesn't say a, say a word. He goes up to the bartender and, like, strikes up a conversation with him. And it was like, hey, get my mom up there. She's, you know, she used to sing here or whatever. And, like, he's, like, talking to you know, this, this guy and saying like, Hey, this, you know, I heard, you know, this, uh, the girls in the back were saying, you can't dance and you needed to go dance with with that woman over there. It's pointing to his mom. And like, nobody, nobody even thinks it's weird. Like there's a 13 year old just like yeah. running around. Um, and it's very hocus pocus esque <laughs> where the kids sneak into the club as well. Yeah. Um, it's, and no one sees him like no, like his mom doesn't even see him even though she's on stage. Like, yeah. You know, it can see everyone in the room. I don't know. It's it's really stupid the way that they decided to shoot that. Um, they they do this thing where they um, get him kicked out of the club, and they the bouncers literally like because they're saying like, oh, he's been bothering her or whatever, and so they're like, hey, have you been bothering this you know this woman that everyone knows? And they're going beat him up. Yeah, and so they literally like do the you know Looney Tunes like toss him out of the the door, and he goes flying into the into the alleyway. And then this is where Chelsea, like really the sister like really connects with like, okay, he's really a vampire because, because he, uh, d- gets up, dusts himself off. And to get back into the club, he walks up the side of the building. And I'm not talking about like Spider-Man. I'm talking about, uh, shoes, like the bottom of his loafers on the wall and just walking like vertically 90 degrees straight up the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Perpendicular to the ground. Um, I did. I looked it up, and vampires can do this. I I was surprised. I that was one. Okay. That was one power that I was like, okay, vampires can't do that. Um, they can do it, but it's very rare for you to see that power utilized by a vampire. And it's like it is more of like a Spider Man. Like they're on all fours, like crawling up the wall. Um, okay. Like like an animal would, and so so yeah, it, it is definitely not like canon that they can just like walk like their shoes up a wall. Yeah. <laughs> it looks really ridiculous, by the way. The CGI is really bad. There's a, there's a part where he turns into a literal bat and it's one of the worst CGI scenes I've ever seen in anything. It was terrible. It looks like, you know, it's the old clay kind of looking CGI. Yeah. And I mean, you being uh, Mr. CGI, <laughs> I feel like that's probably one of the worst parts for you is the CGI part. I guess I should have known it's coming because it, again, it's 21 years old and it, they didn't have movie budget <laughs> behind this thing. Like it's literally just for the Disney channel when it came out. So 
I guess I should have known what I was getting into, but it's really bad. Yeah. Um, there's a couple uh, scenes where he has fangs, like he shows his fangs, and I, I think that looks really bad. It literally looks like he's he's got like plastic over his real teeth. Um, it looks really bad. Yeah, as well. they probably just uh, bought the plastic fake teeth <laughs> at uh, Party City. Yeah. Um, moving the plot forward a little bit, Van Helsing comes over to their house, the, the house that this family lives in. The babysitter's there, Taylor's there, everyone else is out. And this strange stranger that like the babysitter doesn't know from Adam, uh, like rings the doorbell. She does, she's on the phone. She doesn't even answer the door. Taylor goes to answer the door because he's expecting Van Helsing. He lets Van Helsing into the house with the babysitter there. Like she's she's aware of it and she doesn't question him. She doesn't talk to him. He's just like, Oh, I called this guy. He's going to help me with something. And she's like, okay. And like, it's just, I mean, he's like a creepy looking dude too. He's got like this wide brim hat and his trench coat. <laughs> yeah. World's greatest babysitter <laughs> right here. And then, uh, Van Helsing basically gets a skinny on like, how, how do I, he's, he's, he's a vampire hunter. So he's like, where do I, how do I find this vampire? And Taylor basically gives him, the, the intel that he needs. And he says, um, fine. Uh, thanks kid. I'm going without you. You're not coming with me. Why? Why? Cause you're a kid. You're eight. You're not going to come. And with I me. work alone. Yeah. And then he leaves. And the next scene that we see him in Taylor's in the backseat of the car. Like he, he like, you know, pops up and he's like, Hey, where are we going? Or whatever. And I'm like, how in the world did he get into Van Helsing's car from inside? Like Van Helsing goes out the front door and closes the door behind him. And he just walks like 10 paces to his car and gets in and leaves. But somehow Taylor got into the car. I was like, okay, this is stupid. Like there were scenes like that where it's just like, you didn't even think about this. Like you're just like expecting audiences just to just take it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's definitely one of those things where <laughs> a lot of the stuff, you just kind of have to have an open mind when you watch this movie <laughs> because if you try and overthink this movie, you're not going to enjoy it at all. And you're just going to be like, this is stupid because this literally makes no sense. This movie could never happen. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like, it's not like, uh, Disney is really trying to make a believable movie with this one. No, it, it gets very unbelievable at the very ends when they have to actually have to like fight this guy because they've they, he's actually so here's a positive in the middle of the movie. I, I I was really thinking like he's kind of unstoppable. Like he can do whatever he wants. Really, he can go super fast. Like he can like zip across you know a parking lot in half a yeah. second. Like he's super fast. He can literally walk on walls. He can tr- control people's minds. He controls a man's mind in the, in the, in the, um, club. The club. Um, he obviously takes control of, of her mom, of their mom at the end of the movie and like puts her in like a hypnotic state. So like, he's kind of, he has so many powers that he's basically Wanda want vision. Like he's, yeah. he's Wanda Maximoff. So like he could do whatever he wants. And yet like a couple children and, a guy that has like a wooden stake. I mean, he doesn't even have like a gun or anything like, like it can completely overpower him. Like he should have destroyed those children. And yeah. obviously a kid's, you know, made for kid move, uh, made for TV movie for kids is not going to 
have them like completely eviscerated by what is essentially Dracula at the end of the movie. But um, it, it's it's surprisingly easy uh, to basically control him. So th- they do this coffin thing. They go they go to Dimitri's castle or whatever the house that he's living in, and they they get his before he arrives there in his car. He's got he drives by car and he has this like really fancy sports car that he of bought. Of course, Phil. Uh, <laughs> They get to the house before Dimitri and Lynette get there, and Lynette's already in this hypnotic state. Um, they foil him by pushing the the coffin out of the window, like literally dropping it out the window and down to the ground below from the second story, and then pushing it down the steps into the water. And I, I guess that this is canon that like vampires cannot cross like moving water, like living water. Yeah, and so. Um, like he jumps, Adam jumps onto the coffin and goes out into the middle of the lake so he can talk to him and not get killed. But it's like, you're not that, he's like 20 feet off of shore. So it's not, it's not like he's like, you know, a hundred feet away or whatever. Yeah. Like it, he's right there. Like, I mean, I'm sure he could just jump onto the coffin or whatever. You would think. <laughs> but, um, and like, he's like, we're at a, we're at an impasse. I've got your coffin and you've got my mom. And he's just like, yeah, but I could just like kill your mom. <laughs> like it's like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's there's not much negotiation going on, and it's really yeah, stupid not at, at all. the end. And I mean, but yeah, uh, I feel like we've talked about how the first half is really good, but then they kind of lose steam, and how they defeat him is really stupid. If you were going to add five minutes to the film, you add it to the end, the big fight scene at the end because yeah. there isn't a fight scene. It just it's just over. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I mean, do you remember what happens? How how they why don't, how they vindicate him? Why don't you tell us, Phil? <laughs> so like, okay, so the the whole it's set up pretty well at the beginning of the movie that it, it's well known by Adam that vampires have full control over this you know, love, whatever that the, the, essentially this woman falls in love with the vampire and there's nothing that can break that spell that he puts her on under, except for true love, right? Like true love. true love. Um, of course. And so the only thing that can break her out is like her love for another man, right? Like the, her betrothed or whatever. Right. And so, but there is no betrothed <laughs> in this story. So they twist it as her love for her children mm-hmm. is, is so strong that she snaps out of it and basically like pushes him into the coffin, which they've, you know, they brought back into the the house. Uh, I think it's, in, yeah, it's in the house. And um, the kids, they, they push him in, close the lid. The kids sit on it. Again, he's a freaking vampire. And like five minutes before, he literally just said, your kids, I'm a vampire. I have the power. <laughs> and then like three, maybe it's like three minutes later, like 40 pounds of kids or I mean, I don't know a hundred pounds of kids on top of this coffin is holding him at bay until Van Helsing comes by and uses a nail gun yep. to nail the coffin down the, the lid of the coffin down to the rest of the coffin. And, and <laughs> because they have to answer the question of like, why would nails hold a vampire an all powerful vampire in this coffin? He says silver plated nails. It's like, okay, <laughs> all right, you got me. <laughs> yes, Phil. That's literally how it ends. It, it, there's no big fight scene. There's no big struggle. 
she snaps out of it. She pushes him. It's over. And then Val, Van Helsing takes <laughs> Dimitri away. Yes. We don't know where. <laughs> oh, man. It, it's The movie in the first half, I think, is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. There, there's some like genuine moments of care and concern, I, I think, between mom and, and kids and stuff like that. And them... You know, again, being kids and being stupid, and like they want to go to a concert. She, you know, Chelsea wants to go on a date with her boyfriends. Like, you know, they're doing, they're setting her up on a date because of their own selfish desires, not because they actually want to help out their mom. But like, they are like a, a fairly loving family. I mean, as much as you can be when you're that age. And, th- but then like the second half hits. And honestly, like from the, the beginning of the date to the end, it's really downhill compared mm-hmm. to where they were setting things up in the first half. So. Again, I think it's all well acted. I think some of the writing is really, really good, really, really bad. Um, and it's not really their fault. Uh, there's one thing in the movie that I think is troublesome <laughs> in 2021 compared to when it came out uh, in 2000. I don't think audiences was, would have balked too much of it. There is literally a part where Adam is making a deal for tickets, concert tickets. And his leverage <laughs> is a date with his sister. <laughs> and like, this would never happen in a 2021 movie ever, but like he basically sells his sister. Yep. <laughs> think about it for a concert ticket. Backstage pass is like this big deal. He's, he's always wanted to see the headless horseman. Uh, I will sell you my sister to go out on a date with you. In fact, I will promise you that you will get a kiss like selling your sister. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> And so, to be fair, she is appalled by the by the end of the movie when she figures all this out. She's very angry with him. But um, as I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, this would never ha-. like the, the, Disney would never tell that story now. <laughs> like with the, it just how our culture is and how politics are now. Like like that would be a huge no no. Um, yeah, you know if they remade this movie today. But um, yeah, it's basically. I mean, I know this is a little extreme, but it's basically prostitution. Like he's he's a he's pimping his sister out pretty much. Um, so. Yeah, that that does that scene, that whole part of the plot doesn't really hold up <laughs> very well. So, um, uh, the rest of it is just okay. Like it, it's not. There's, I think, some genuine like really cool moments. A bunch of dumb, and then the rest of it is just kind of like, eh, like okay. Um, I think the premise is really stupid, but it's also for, you gotta think like so. This movie's for kids. Like they, yeah. they're not gonna go super complicated. Um, that that said, I think Hocus Pocus is also for kids, and I think that plot's actually. Not complicated, but it's it's more di- diverse. Like it, yeah, it's, I it's would a agree with that. Plot. So, um, but yeah, I mean, for what it for what it was when it came out, which is literally just a cable channel made for TV movie. Um, I honestly, I was there were moments where I was like, okay, this is better than what people actually deserve to get mm-hmm. <laughs> back in two thousand. So, do you have any final thoughts on Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire? Our first in a line of scary stuff for October. I mean, this one, I feel like they're definitely, like I said earlier, there are ones that are way worse than this one. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, it does have its flaws and it's not hocus pocus, but not many movies of this era ever come close to hocus pocus. Oh no! Hocus Pocus is clearly the king of of 
of the hill. Like yeah. it, when it comes to this kind of stuff, and of course that movie was made for theater. It's like it's, it's like a, in a completely different league than in yeah, the other sure. ones. So maybe it's not fair to compare them, but yeah, no, it's Hocus Pocus is the movie that people think of when they think of family friendly, mm-hmm. you know, October movies. So. I forgot the glowing footprints part. So that's what I'm going to end on. My last comment on the movie is uh, Van Helsing is tracking this vampire or whatever. And he does the stupidest things to like, he burns something on the, on the road at one point to try to like compass him, like figure out where he's headed and stuff like that. There's it's really dumb stuff that happens. But um, one of the dumbest is he goes to a car dealer and he, I don't know how he found that the movie does not explain how he knows this, but he says, um, a guy just came through here, bought a car with cash. What you know? Which way? Of did, course he did. Yeah. Which which way did he go? Whatever. He's like, I don't know. He didn't tell me. He just said he really needed this car, and he was going to some restaurant or whatever. And he's like, hmm. And then like he um, he lights. What does he do? Like he does. He does something with a lighter. I think he drops like a lighter on the ground or whatever, and it lights up these footprints because apparently vamp- vampires leave glowing footprints behind. And the car dealer, the guy that's selling the car, goes, glowing footprints. I knew that guy was a freak. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> so, one we'll on that note. Uh, if you have kids, maybe watch this movie with them. Um, yeah. I, I would say that there's probably more interesting things than this, but we'll get to what's more interesting here in a little bit because there is actually new content coming out this year for... Disney Plus that's for kids, but yeah. Um, have you been watching anything else on no. Disney Plus? I know you've been super busy. You guys went out of town this this yeah. last weekend. So busy, Phil. Uh, I haven't watched anything recently on Disney Plus. Grant is coaching. He coaches um, football at the local, somewhat mm-hmm. local junior high, and um, very busy with that. And then you guys are traveling for birthdays and other yeah special events so this month and then i mean football and then sports man there's a lot of sports to watch yeah football is definitely uh king and football plays a major role in this part of the year oh yeah definitely uh host emeritus jack is same way yeah he's completely just buried in football right now which Uh, there's nothing wrong with that no I love watching a football game. I, I went to one of Grant's uh, games, watched them completely decimate this poor team. Um, they were completely scoreless. The other team was completely yeah. scoreless. By 62 and nothing. Yeah, that was unbelievable. And I never seen anything like that. Literally, just to give an update on our team, we just won 50 to nothing oh last gosh. Thursday. So we've played three games, Phil, and we've outscored our opponents 144 to 12. Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys are doing great. Yeah. I, that, that must be a real thrill for the, for the kids. Yeah. Like just to completely, I mean, just destroy the other team. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's fun. I, there are two types of games that I like watching. Um, when is the complete blowout? Cause I'm just like, what is the other t- team even thinking at this point? Like, yes. you know, at the half they're down like 42 to nothing or whatever. Um, and then, and then the other game obviously is when it's super close, like super mm-hmm. tight, like, you know, anyone's game. So, no, it was it was fun to watch that. Um, I am not coaching football, so uh, I did watch one thing. It's a pretty short thing. It's about forty two minutes or whatever. Um, I was going to try to watch two things this last week. I only had time to watch one. I did not watch um, Maleficent. I, I I do want to watch that and see that still, but 
Um, new content that came out this last week was Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. Oh, yeah. And I, I watched that this week. Um, I'll start with just kind of my general thoughts on it and then kind of get into a couple specifics. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, if you're listening to this and have not seen it yet and you intend to, uh, just know I'm not going to spoil like any major plot points. I, I do want to talk about a couple things that in, ge- in a very general sense are, are kind of fun to discuss. Uh, but I'm going to save like the really like cool moments of the show, of the movie kind of as a short film um, to, to, you know, actually you watching it. So, so my overall thought on it is it is very good. It's not great, but it's, it's not terrible either. It is, I think a must watch for any star Wars fan, especially if you've, are a fan of the other stuff. Like if you watch Star Wars Vision, this is a slam dunk. If you've watched the other Lego Star Wars stuff, this is a slam dunk. If you honestly, even if you're a fan of the of the animated TV shows like Clone Wars and stuff like that, I think this is a slam dunk. It is going into it. Just know it's not canon. Like there's there's nothing that happens in this. Yeah. That, I I mean I w- they could I think they could make a couple things in this canon, but only because they like confirm it in some other property. Like it's there's some cool things that they do, but it is firmly in the, you know what this is, Grant, I'll just summarize it with this one statement. This is part of this show becomes what if star Wars in in the same way that visions was like that. Um, So again, I'll I'll talk in some general generalities. If, if, if you want to skip ahead, you can, I I promise I'm not going to blow the doors off of like major plot points, but um, it, it takes place after the most recent tril- the the Ray trilogy that we just got. Um, the only recognizable characters that are in like, so um, did you ever watch? Uh, you're too young to watch like Tales of the Crypt or anything like that. Um, there, it is basically it's done in that same kind of way where like there is a uh, a modern day like a current moment plot that's happening mm-hmm. that only takes like eight minutes of the 42 minutes the rest of it are literally tales like stories being told okay. to these characters so that po, like Poe Dameron is in it and BB-8 is in it obviously not a speaking character and that's about it as far as like characters you would know. In how the, dare you not? In, in the how day. dare you say bb is not a speaking <laughs> well, character? he speaks, but I mean, we can't, you and I can't understand him. Uh, Poe can. So that's what, ha- that's what's happening in the current day. And I don't even want to spoil like how this is happening. I want, to, want you to be surprised and experience it. But they, when they start being told these stories, then the whole thing just gets, you know, it just, the whole scene just moves to the story and now you're just watching the story being narrated and told in real time. You're watching it. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's three of them. Um, one, again, talking about generalities. One is a, a, about Kylo Ren and like his origin. And it's, it's stuff we haven't really seen like too much of it. Honestly, in the live action movies, they actually show a lot more. And again, this, this is stuff that could be canon, but I don't think it's posited that way. But it is basically about the rise of Kylo Ren, um, and just you know how he became him. Um, and, but it's again, it's all funny. It's all it's Lego humor kind of stuff. There's um, a, a really cool little. Uh, the second story is like Darth Maul and General Grievous, and that's all I want to say about that one. And then there is the third one's completely off the off the reservation. Like it's it's like what if it's like a what if story kind of what if Marvel. What if if Luke got trained 
in the dark side instead of the light. Mm. And it's, it's actually, it's a really fascinating. What if like it's, it completely turns on, on its head, all the events of the, like the original trilogy that you, that you grew up with. So interesting. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It, so that's all I'm going to say about it. It's, it's a, it's a very enjoyable one, one time watch. Like I'll never go back and watch this probably again, unless, you know, uh, one day Jordan, you know, four or five years from now is old enough to watch it. And she really wants to see everything Lego star Wars. And we watch it together. Like I, I'm not going to choose to watch this again, just because I know it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, but I think the stories are genuinely interesting. The, the, the main plot that happens in real time with Poe, I don't think it's very interesting at all, but it's also, like I said, like fewer than like 10 or 15% of, of the running time. Like it's, it's, it's a very <laughs> small part of it. So yeah, I, I recommend it. It's, it's got definitely got some fun things in it. It's not a laugh out loud, like hilarious. Like you think about like the Lego movie, that's not what you're getting here, but it is definitely entertaining enough to have a good time for it, have a good time with it. And as the name would suggest, terrifying tales, it is, you know, the scarier, darker side of, of Star Wars. Like it's, it's, it's a good fit in October. Okay. So yeah, that's it. Uh, that's, all I watched besides the stuff that we talked about already yep. on the show. So. Okay. That that's exciting, Phil. Yeah. Um I enjoyed it overall. It's just it's just not I and I, I I feel like my expectations were exactly what I got. Like I was like, okay, this is this will be kind of a cool diversion. It's not gonna blow my socks off and that's that's exactly what I got. So Yeah, I kind of um I mean I enjoyed the last uh Lego Star Wars thing that we covered, but I don't know. There's just not much time right now. Yeah. I don't know that you'll even remember. Yeah. This, I, I'm not sure I'll remember this movie <laughs> in, in a few months to, to actually go back and, you know, for and you that, to watch it. And I mean, it'll definitely go on the back burner once Halloween's done. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. This is definitely time and place type of, type of uh, yeah. release. So, uh, speaking of releases, we'll, let's, we'll get into what's new on Disney plus this week and then wrap this puppy up. Uh, big, big, big release on Wednesday, October 6th this week. Uh, Black Widow comes to Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So uh, if you've not seen Black Widow, this is your chance um, to see it. It releases on Wednesday. Go back and, and after you've seen the movie, go back if you skipped our, our spoiler review that Grant, Grant and I did a few months ago, go back and listen to that. Um, if you've not see, seen it or haven't heard anything about it, I'm sure you probably have by now from somewhere, but... Uh, it was a big recommend from both of us. Mm-hmm. So definitely go see it. It's, it's a, uh, I said it back then and I might, I might actually follow through on it. This is a movie I'd like to see again. Like I, yeah. now that I know what all the characters motivations are and, and like the villain and stuff like, like I, I kind of want to watch it, give it a second watch. Yeah. I would, I would enjoy watching it again. It really is good. I, yeah, I definitely, it exceeded my expectations going to the theater. Like I knew I would like it, but I actually kind of loved part of parts of it. It was, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It's definitely one of those movies where, uh, definitely the pandemic messed this movie up. Oh yeah. If there is one flaw to it, it's just, why did we have to wait so long for this movie? Yeah. I was like delayed by a full year by the time yeah. it actually came out. More than a year. Um, and then the last thing I'll say about it is if you've not seen Florence Pugh in anything, wow. 
yeah get, get ready to for a roller coaster ride with that actress and like She's it's, phenomenal it's a good um precursor to what we're going to see with hawkeye too. yeah oh yeah yeah oh definitely that you need to watch black widow if you're gonna watch hawkeye for sure yeah good 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 thought there um okay so that's the first thing for wednesday october 6th the next thing is among the stars a six-part docuseries with fly on the wall access into the wider world of nasa with hmm. with ca- cameras on earth and in space nasa NASA astronaut Captain Chris Cassidy is on a quest to get back in his spacesuit for one last mission. So this looks like a documentary uh, type thing. And if you love like real life space, not like science fiction, but like actual space, that might be one to, to check out. I th- this looks like new content. I'd, you would expect this to be like National Geographic or something like that. But it's it, to me, it, I think it's just got the Disney logo on it. It, it looks like, you know, Disney Plus stuff. So... So yeah, that's called Among the Stars. Uh, you ready for this one, Grant? Fauci is the next thing that's coming. Yeah, out. I literally <laughs> saw this on uh, Disney Plus's uh, Instagram today, and I my response was, "What?" <laughs> yeah. So let me read this uh, part of this explanation. Fauci delivers a rare glim- glimpse into the long-standing professional career and personal life. Because we all want to know about Dr. Fauci's personal life. I guess. Of the ultimate public servant <laughs> who, after a lifetime of service, faced his biggest test, a pandemic whose ferocity is unmatched in modern history. Um, oh, my. I'm not even going to read some of the, the rest of this because it's very di- uh, divisive, I would say, as far as how they characterize him. Anyway, um, I think... Here's what I'll say about this this show. Depending on what your politics, I don't care what your politics are. He's a very div- div- divisive figure, I think, in especially American politics. And I think this National Geographic documentary is going to be something people will legit talk about. Like again, as a like oh groaner, 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 or like oh that was really fascinating. Like I think I think people will have very different takes on watching this. I almost want to check it out just to like be a part of the conversation because it's going to be something that's going to be debated for sure. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, that comes out on Wednesday. I did not know that was coming out. Um, until I looked it up earlier today. Uh, Turner and Hooch, uh, the finale is coming out this Wednesday. So that, that shows wrapping up after 12 episodes. Um, Chippendale park life. Hopefully that's the finale episode 11. (laughs) Uh, Marvel's what if season finale, lots of finales this week. So I can't wait uh, for that to come out in a couple days. Uh, Doogie Kame Aloha, uh, episode five, is coming out this week. And uh, Disney Junior, The Chicken Squad, who this show has actually been been watched in our house. Um, Jordan's been watching The Chicken Squad. She freaking loves it. Like, she's been telling her friends about it. You have to watch The Chicken Squad. So, yeah, a couple a couple new episodes of Chicken Squad are coming out as well. Huh. Um. Five episodes of the first season of The Ghost and Molly McGee. I've not heard about this. This looks like a uh, maybe a Disney Junior type show based on like you know the still image that I'm looking at. Okay. So um, five episodes of that, just in time for the scariest month. Uh, this was interesting as well. I this is not one that I will watch, but I think it's an interesting get for Disney, especially considering what they normally dabble on in. It's called Impact with Gal Gadot. So this is Wonder Woman, Wonder who Woman, yeah. obviously is 
about the furthest thing you can get from Disney. But they are partner, partnering with Gal, uh, Gal Gadot, I think is how you say her name. Um, Gal follows six women making an, an extraordinary impact in their communities. Hmm. Despite living in areas marked by violence and poverty, these women are determined to improve the lives of those around them. Uh, it's called Impact. And yeah, it's, it's six, I'm assuming six stories about gal you know partnering with these people in their in their local communities like making a difference and improving the, the community and stuff like that uh you know making it safer you know more hospitable or whatever so i, I think that's cool like it's again something i probably won't watch just because it's not i don't think it's a topic that interests me but the fact that they got like a, a big celebrity and are like highlighting like community involvement and stuff like that i think is actually pretty cool mm-hmm. so yeah that's coming out on wednesday as well uh, nine episodes of Muppet Babies season three. Uh, Jordan will be thrilled. Uh, Pup- Puppy Dog Pals season four. Ep- five episodes come out. Uh, she'll be thrilled about that. Spidey and his amazing friends. A couple new episodes. I watched, um, I want to pause on this one. I watched like five minutes or so of Spidey and his amazing friends this morning, actually, as I was getting ready for work. That show's legitimately kind of good. Like, okay. it's not it's not a show that you are going to watch. Like, yeah. It's not for adults. It is definitely PJ Masks does Marvel, but it's got uh, Spider Gwen, or she's Ghost Spider in this, um, Miles Morales, Spider Man, Peter Parker, obviously, and then Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, was in one of the shots. They had um, Doc Ock, and I, I've talked, I know I talked about this an uh, episode or two ago, but um, this is definitely one to check out, if you, especially if you have younger kids and you've been wanting to introduce them to Marvel. Like, don't pass on Spider and his amazing friends. It's actually pretty decent. Uh, then this Friday, uh, the big probably the biggest release coming out this Friday is this is new Muppets, like a new the never before seen Muppets movie is coming out. Uh, it's called Muppets Haunted Mansion. Um, this is I, I'm assuming you know a spin or a based on like the the Haunted Mansion movie that came out in the 90s. So I think like um, Muppet Christmas Carol, but mm-hmm. like in the Haunted Mansion universe. So, but it's new, like it's it's brand new movie that they made for Disney plus and it's coming uh, this Friday, October 8th. So check that one out. Uh, let's see. Under wraps is like a live action show about a mummy named Harold. It's a remake actually. Oh, tell so me about this. This came out. I think it was 2001. It came out as a Disney channel original movie and they remade it. Oh, so this is a film? And it just premiered on Disney uh, Disney Channel last Friday, I believe. Okay. All right. Okay, so it's, yeah, it's a TV movie. Interesting. Uh, I, IMDb, it's getting about a 5. 5.3 yep. 5. out of 10, so just keep Sounds that in mind. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a Disney Channel original movie, and they're bringing it to Disney+. Plus. So, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of the original uh, version of the, of the movie. So yeah, that's called Under Wraps. Comes out on Friday on Disney Plus, and uh, let's see the last. No, I got two more. Um, the most magical story on Earth: Fifty Years of Walt Disney World. Boy, they're sure doing a lot of this stuff about the parks. Yeah, I still haven't gone through all the behind the attraction stuff. Me either. Um, but I guess it's the fiftieth anniversary of of Walt Disney World. Yep. And so it they're, is. So they're doing a um, just kind of the last fifty years of Disney World. I think it, I, it looks like it's being hosted by Whoopi Goldberg and uh, has some other celebrities like Christina Aguilera is in there, Halle Berry, stuff like that. So 
Um, yeah, kind of a celebration of 50 years of Disney World. Hmm. And then the last thing is, um, this is something I thought about checking out with Jordan. Um, it's called Mickey's Tale of Two Witches. I think this is, the animation looks brand new. I, I think this is new content. Maybe it came to Disney Channel recently as well. But um, it says, on Halloween, Mickey tells Pluto a story about two witches in training, many of the wonderful and Daisy Doozy, who much who must pass four tests to graduate from the Witch Academy in Happy Haunt Hills. So it, the animation, it basically is, looks like a special, like from the, the recent uh, Mickey Mouse show that they've had, a TV show that, that, that has been on Disney Channel and Disney Plus. Uh, but obviously Halloween theme. So that's almost certainly going to be like a, like a 40 minute deal or whatever, but uh, that will be one that, that Jordan wants to um, check out for sure. So uh, that is it for this week. Um, Obviously the biggest releases, um, I think Muppet Haunted Mansion, I think it's going to be probably pretty popular with people. And of course, if you haven't seen Black Widow, you have to see that when it comes out on Wednesday. And then um, yeah. What if, the, the finale comes out on Wednesday. That's going to be a big, a big deal. And then if you want to just be a part of the conversation, Fauci. Yeah. <laughs> so around the water cooler. Yeah. Why not? Uh, Grant, what are we watching next week? Besides the finale, obviously we are watching with? Halloween town, Phil, the classic, another decom Disney channel, original movie. What's your, What's your take on this one compared to Mom's Gonna Date with a Vampire? Like, are we going uphill or downhill? We are head downhill. Okay, so. straight down. Okay. All right. And if those of us that are familiar with the Halloween Town, they did not just stop after number one. <laughs> Unfortunately. So, number one is probably the best one, but we have talked about this on our podcast. Disney likes to make money, so <laughs> they kept on going. Why not? With Return to Halloween or Halloween Town Two, Return to Halloween Town, and there might be a fourth one. Secrets of Halloween Town, maybe <laughs> I don't know. No, Halloween Town High. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I watched a few scenes of the original Halloween town right before we hit record. And I think I have seen this one. I, I don't know that I watched it intently. Yeah. <laughs> like I might, might have been in and out as it was on. I, I don't know. I won't know until I go back and watch. I am going to watch it again uh, this week. Um, just to freshen up on it. But uh, yeah, my expectations are pretty low on this one. Yeah. So. I think I've only seen the first two. Uh, we have some bigger, like, you know, Halloween themed, uh, scary movies coming out uh, on the show l- later in the month. But yeah, we're starting out with, you know, we got to ramp up to like the good stuff. Yeah, so, maybe. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. So, and, and check out our uh, review of Hocus Pocus that we did last year Yeah. Uh, as well. We, we won't be doing that again. This yeah. Year. We've kind of, we've already done probably the best one. Yeah. We, we just uh, burned that bridge early. Yeah. Um, so um, all right. Well, thanks for listening to the show. If you have an idea for something you want us to review on the podcast you, or send us your own review on something that you've watched that you just want to share with us, we'd love to include you in the show. The way to do that is Disney Plus Reviews at Hotmail.com. And uh, very excited for the finale of What If. I'm, I, I, I'm trying to keep my expectations in check, but I'm, I have pretty high expectations for Wednesday. So uh, come back for our commentary on that. 
And also stick around for Halloween Town. And if you feel like watching something with your kids, this is kid kid friendly. Yeah, movie. Uh, watch Halloween Town and then come back for our review, our 2021 review of the classic Disney Channel, <laughs> Halloween Town. We'll talk to you then. <laughs> <laughs>